It's not what you're bumping, but it's still hot. So that's your assignment next week. I'm, I'm serious. We're talking today about connecting to God, to each other, but also connecting to people that are far from God. And, and uh, it's true, 80% of people who come to church for the first time come because a Christian invites them. 80%. So I uh, just want you to know in advance what, uh, what your assignment is for next week. Well, last Sunday we began a new series entitled Tales of the Vine. 217 times in Scripture, this symbolism of the vine and the branches is used to express God's desire for our relationship with Him. Last week we discovered that the Heavenly Fa- our Heavenly Father is the vine dresser. He cares for us. He watches over us. Literally in the Psalms it says that He broods over us. You can almost see a, a mother hen brooding over her chicks. We also discovered last week that Jesus is the vine, the true one, the real deal, the one that satisfies, the one that delivers on his promise, the true one. And we also discovered that we are the branches and that our purpose is the branches quite simply and quite purely is to produce. That's our purpose. That's why God still gives you a breath. That's why you still take in air. Our purpose is to produce. And our fruit is seen in two ways. And we discovered this last week. The first way that our fruit is seen is internally. It's the internal fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5. A love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these things spring from your life, not because you really try hard to bear fruit. You know, people don't grow grapes because they really try hard, but because the branch is, is inexorably linked to the vine. That that uh, branch is receiving its life force from the vine. That connection, that, that life that flows from the branch to the vine and the vine to the branch is what enables you to bear fruit. So we are to bear the fruit, the internal fruit of the spirit, but we're also to bear the external fruit of eternal life. We are in partnership with God to win people to Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Not only do you have the internal fruit of the spirit of God, but you have the external fruit of eternal life. Luke 15, 10 says in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. We're in partnership with the Father. Of course, we don't lead any, I mean, we don't bring anyone to Christ, right? That's God's job. But we have a partnership to uh, water, to plant seeds, to do all kinds of things to enable a person that you know or love to say yes to Jesus. The internal fruit of the Spirit and the external fruit of eternal life. We are to be light and salt in our world. Both of these happen normally and naturally when we're connected to the vine. Now, when these things are not happening, the converse is true. When we are not connected to the vine, when we are not receiving our life from the vine, then these things naturally do not appear. So today's message is about connecting. Our motto as our church, and you've heard this many times, you've seen it over uh, different places in the church, is connect, grow, and serve. And part of the vision that we cast each January is to help you understand why it's important that we connect, grow, and serve. And today we're talking 
about connecting. I want to read for you the text, and I want to apologize in advance. I believe uh, John is back there, or uh, who's back there? Oh, that's Jim. Uh, back on PowerPoint. Uh, I discovered this morning, and when I was going over my notes, that I didn't give the PowerPoint people the, the I gave them the right text. I gave them John 1 to 7. But actually, it's John 1 to 17. So, uh, excuse me, John 15, 1 to 17. So, when it cuts off, it's not Jim's fault. Uh, actually, it might be, but uh, we're assuming it's not. It's my fault, okay? So, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John 15, and I'm going to read verses 1 to 17. You'll only see the first seven verses on the screen. Hear, hear, please hear the word of God. Jesus is speaking. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit, so they will produce even more. That's what we're going to talk about next week. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Remember that word remain is abide. Remain or abide in me, and I will abide in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Verse 5. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. That's that's verse 7. Then verse 8. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Boy, that's a high standard, isn't it? Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love, this is verse 13, no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name, This is my command. Love each other. That beautiful text. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. This this, this passage is about connecting with God, connecting with each other. And that's not always easy. We sometimes kind of goof up this whole connecting thing, this whole loving each other, this whole uh, lifting each other up and building each other. We, we kind of goof that up at times. In fact, I, I found some, um, uh, you've heard of church bulletin bloopers. Okay, there's some, there's some that are applicable today. I want to share a few of those with you. Um, this is how sometimes we kind of mess things up. Here, here's one. The eighth graders will be presenting Shakespeare's Hamlet in the church basement Friday at 7 p.m. The congregation is invited to attend this tragedy. <clears throat> Thursday night potluck supper, prayer and medication to follow. Now, 
Now, when we have our dinners here at church, that's never the case, but sometimes. Here's another one. A bean supper will be held on Tuesday evening in the church hall. Music will follow. Uh, Okay. At the evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be, what is hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. Uh, Now, I love this one. I mean, Weight Watchers will meet at 7 p.m. in the First Presbyterian Church. Please use the large double doors at the side entrance. And this was from Brandon. The associate minister unveiled the church's new tithing campaign slogan last Sunday. I upped my pledge, up yours. And here's another one. Don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. Um, and for those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. And then finally, the lowest, the low self-esteem support group will meet Thursday at 7 p.m. Please use the back door. So uh, each of these are ways that uh, we shouldn't be connected, but sometimes we kind of uh, are. The text today and our theme uh, is about uh, connection, connection with the vine, connection with each other. God's deepest desire for you and for me is that we experience a fruitful Loving, passionate life, relationship with God and with other people. And if you're like me, you're saying, "Okay, yes, good. I I, I want that. I want that. We, We as God's children have the power of choice. That's both the good news and the bad news. We have the power to choose whether or not we are connected to the vine. And if we choose to stay connected to that power source and to each other, it really changes the way we live. So if you're looking for a fulfilled, fruitful life, you must choose to stay connected to the vine. You must choose to participate in the life of the vine. And and it's really that simple. Uh, No root, you know, no vine, no fruit. If You're not connected to the vine. You will have no fruit, at least not the kind of fruit that Galatians five describes in the Bible. We have to make that daily Hourly, sometimes moment by moment choice to stay connected to the vine. Well, how do we do that? How do we become fruitful and fulfilled? It's not a matter of trying harder. Uh, we, we don't just, you know, really try our best effort. I'm going to be fruitful today. But how do we become fruitful and fulfilled? Let me share a couple of things with you this morning. The first is this. And this we begin with the obvious. Connecting with Christ is crucial. Um, I wonder if many of you uh, who are Christ followers uh, can remember the time in your life uh, when you first said yes to God. In my case, uh, I used to say yes to God every Sunday because I was afraid I'd, if I died, I'd go to hell if I didn't. But there was a time when I was 16 years old when, when I, I finally said yes in a way that connected me to God through his son, Jesus. It was a matter of faith. It wasn't a matter of me doing anything. It was a matter of simply believing what Jesus said and did and my acknowledging and receiving that truth into my life. I wonder if there's a time for you that you can recall. Maybe you're a child or a teenager or an adult when you said yes to God for the first time. One of the things that's unique about Hope Covenant Church is that at any given moment, almost a third of our congregation are 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 new Christians within the last few months. And so we have a lot of people that are still discovering what it means to be a Christ follower. 
But, but all of us have, have to come to that time in our life when we say, you know what? God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. I can't piggyback on my fact my parents were Christians. Uh, God doesn't care about religion. Uh, he cares about a relationship. And the only way that I can know God is through a relationship with his son, Jesus. But here's the problem. The problem is not with God. The problem's with me. Uh, th- there's this barrier. And this barrier is my sin, my brokenness, my unhealth, my desire to do things my way rather than God's way. So there's this barrier. And Ephesians 2, it says that it's like we're building up bricks upon stone upon stone. We're building this this wall around us. That Again, this isn't God doing this, but we're building this wall up. And the only way that wall of sin can be destroyed is, the Bible says, by a someone who has lived a life of connection with God fully and completely to literally destroy that wall. And that's what Ephesians 2 says that Jesus Christ did. That he destroyed the wall of hostility. He broke it down. He obliterated it. He made it as if it never existed. The only way that we can be connected to the vine is by dealing with our sin. Dealing with that selfness in our lives. Uh, David in Psalm 51 said it this way. He said, I was born a sinner from the moment my mother conceived me. That's kind of a scary thought. That's one of the theological things the Bible talks about is that we are born in original sin. Each one of us have this bent towards sin, this, this bent towards selfishness, this bent towards selfness. And, and if you don't believe that, just ask any two-year-old <laughs> if you don't believe there's an original sin. Uh, but, but this idea that we are constantly bending towards sin and self and we're building up these walls around us. And God says, that's not acceptable to me. I want you as a relationship with you. I want to destroy that wall of hostility. I want you as my son. I want you as my daughter. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a scenario that will save you. I'm going to take your sins on my back. I'm going to the cross and die for your sins because the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, my, our Lord. So I'm going to do all the work, Jesus said. And I just need you simply to receive me, to connect to me, to connect to the vine. We all have a little bit of uh, larceny in us, right? A little bit of sin, a little bit of selfishness. It reminds me of the, the salesman who was pushing his product to a new vendor. And as the salesman was talking to this guy across uh, the vendor's desk, he noticed that there was another bid from his competitor for the same product. And he thought to himself, if only I knew what that other bid was, I, I'd be able to get this account and make some money for me and for our company. And so I wonder how I can do that and, 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 and sneak a peek. But he noticed that there was a can of orange juice sitting on top of the bid and it happened to cover the number, right? So, well, the vendor said he had to get up and go do something. He went out of the room for a few minutes and uh, the salesman kind of peeked and he said, I wonder if I can get away with this. He looked, nobody's looking. So he said, I'll just move the orange juice can a little bit. And as he picked up the orange juice can, thousands of VBs came pouring out of this bottomless uh, can. Well, he didn't get the account. We, We all have a little bit of that kind of larceny in us, don't we? We say we're honest and we say we want to do the right thing, but we always have this little edge that if I can just bend things my way. Well, Jesus came to the world and said, I want to bend things God's way. 
I want to give you a life that is so real, so alive, so active, that you literally are being infused with the blood of Jesus. You are literally living in him and he in you. Let's let's look at the scenario. Let's say that there's um, a baby uh, in your in utero. Okay, the baby's not born yet. Baby's in utero. We have a couple of women in our church right now who are going through this process. They're pregnant. And but let's say that somehow you could talk to the baby and you would say, man, you seem really close to your mom. (laughs) Well, I am. The baby would say. I, my mom and I were, you know, we're like this, you know, we're we're really close. And and you might say, well, that's wonderful that you're close to your mom. I mean, that's real. And the baby would say, well, no, it's not a matter of wonderful. It's not a matter of, of of really cool that I have this relationship with my mom. No, no what you don't understand, the, the, the baby in utero would say to you, what you don't understand is that I can't live without my mother. All of the life that I have comes from her. I am vitally connected. I am united with her in a way that I can't survive without her. That's what this story of the vine and the branches is all about. You can't survive without the life of Jesus flowing through you. Oh, you can live your life, but we were created to live forever. And no one wants to live 60, 70, 80, 90 years and then just die and be separated from God for all eternity. You were created, designed to live forever. Connection is receiving life from the source. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 7. I want to read this passage to you. By the way, this passage is not for the faint of heart. So if you have a, a weak heart, you might not want to listen. Matthew seven twenty to 23. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven and will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we have prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, this is Jesus speaking, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. Now, the Pharisees, the religious people, in fact, for all, for all of the history of human beings, religious people have always cried out to God, Lord, 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 I, I love you. I, I don't know where you are, but I want to I, I know you and I want to be around you. And you're convenient when I need something. And when I need a disaster, I can call on you. And when I need something good, I can. Call. And so we always want to be around God. We always want to be around being spiritual, but. There's all these yabbits. My, my uncle was a preacher. Does that get me close enough to God? I go to Sunday school. Does that get me close enough to God? I, I'm, I'm a priester. I go to church on Christmas and Easter. <laughs> Does that get me close enough to God? But here, here's what Matthew says. Here's what Jesus says. Here's what that baby in utero says. No, it's not about being close. It's about being connected. It's about receiving your life from the source in this case, the vine, Jesus Christ. I don't want to be close to Jesus. I want to be in him and he in me. Now, there's something uh, horticulturally, I'm not big into that. Uh, you'd have to ask somebody that's good. But, but I did read some, did some reading on grafting. In the Bible, it says that you and I, 
because we're not Israelites. Remember originally last week, um, the nation of Israel was uh, the vineyard, right? Remember, we remember that and how that we now as Christians are the vineyard. We are connected to God through Jesus. And uh, and here's a picture of how that works. We even though we're not we don't have Jewish blood in us that goes back to Abraham. We have the blood of Christ in us. Right. And here's how it works. We're grafted into the body of Christ. So here's grafted. A gardener selects a branch, let's say you, and cut it off. You're not being very um, fruitful. So let's see if we can make this branch work a different way. So cuts off the branch. And then he takes a vine. And here's the important part. That vine, he, um, he cuts it. He wounds it. He slices a piece away from that, that, that healthy vine. And then he, he tapes you onto that healthy vine. And then he waxes it. And over a period of a few days, just a few days, uh, the, the life from that vine, who's been wounded for you, that life starts flowing into the branch and bearing fruit. Isaiah says of Jesus, by his, what, wounds, you were healed. By his wounds, by his allowing his blood to be poured out on the cross, that wound in him is connected to you. And that's where you start receiving his life. Not a closeness to God, but a life-changing, life-giving, life-affirming relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be connected to the vine. But it's not just being connected to the vine. It's also continuing in Christ. We have to continue in Christ. Christianity is not about praying the prayer. Put a check on the checklist. Well, I, I prayed the sinner's prayer, and I was fairly, uh, uh, I was, you know, I was fairly uh, connected to that. I, I kind of knew it a little bit, and and, and it's like I, I'm trying to get, you know, fire insurance. You know, keep me out of hell. Uh, it, it's it's like I just I just want to do the basics so that I I have assurance that my my ticket is punched. I get to go to heaven, so I can live like the devil the rest of the time. But my ticket's punched. You know, I want to go to heaven. God wants something more than that. He wants that life-giving, life-flowing relationship to infuse power into your life ten different times in that John 15 passage that I read ten different times. The word abide or remain in me is used. Uh, That Greek word is translated to abide, to continue, to remain, to dwell, to endure, to present, to remain with. It's being connected. Now, when, when Jesus says something more than once, uh, sometimes you'll see amen, amen, or you'll see a words repeated. Hey, hey, listen, listen, hear, hear. Well, in this case, he said it ten times. Do you think he wants you to pay attention to this? Ten times. He said, listen to me. This really matters. If, if you get this, you get everything. If you don't get this, you get nothing. You, you've got to hear this. Abide, 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 remain, remain, remain. You need life in me flowing into you on a daily basis. And that's what it means to be connected to the vine. Now, the word abide, I looked it up. It means this, to stay in a given place or relationship with a sense of expectancy. Isn't that good? To stay in a given place or relationship with a sense of expectancy. 
Now, I hope that you have that with your spouse. If you're married, you have this sense of expectancy, not a sense of dread. You know, no, I've got to go home. But a sense of expectancy. What's going to happen today? Good from God in our relationship today. But just imagine this phrase used in the context of John 15. What is God going to do with you today? What are God and you going to do together today? How often have you prayed that prayer? Lord, what do you have in store for me today? That's what it means to abide in Christ, to stay there with a sense of expectancy, a sense of urgency, a sense of leaning over. There, there's a story of the preacher in a small church, small country church, you know, where everything's close and tight, you know, just a few chairs. And uh, the, the old preacher had a, 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 a wooden pulpit up there and, and he, he was preaching about the second coming of Christ. And he said, uh, using Jesus' words, he said, and he leaned forward for emphasis. He said, uh, I am coming soon. That's what Jesus said. And then for emphasis, he just leaned forward a little bit. I am coming soon. And the third time he did it, and the third time he did it, the little old crickety pulpit just crashed. And he fell over it and rolled onto the old woman in the first row. And he said, oh, Mrs. let's say Mrs. Edwards. Mrs. Edwards, I'm so, so sorry. She said, you don't have to be sorry. You warned me three times. You know, <laughs> But that kind of sense of leaning forward, sense of expectancy. What is God going to do with me today? What are, what are God and I going in partnership? What are we going to do today that's going to matter? That's what it means to, to abide in him, to remain in him, to keep your life flowing in him. I have talked to so many Christians, and I've been one of those Christians in my life, where I somehow, some way have gotten disconnected from the vine. Oh, I, I'm still hanging on by a thread, but there's just not a lot of life flow from me to Jesus. And when I do that, I always ask the question, where is God? And I'm sure God would say, he probably is very impatient with me. He said, what are you talking about? Where I'm still where I've always been. Where are you? <laughs> where, where, where are you? Well, I'm not, I haven't pulled away from you, you know. When I was um, uh, a, a boy... In the sixth grade and then again in the eighth grade, playing football, naturally, I broke my, I forget which one year, but one year I broke my left arm playing football, and then two years later I broke my right arm. And both times they had these whole casts on, and uh, after however many weeks I had that on, they finally took the cast off, and, and, and I looked at my arm, and I looked at the other arm, and it was just this little skinny, wimpy little arm. And I was, I was always a big kid, and I, I was pretty muscular. And I said, what happened to my arm? You know, this is weird. And, well, when it's not used, right, on a daily basis, when you don't use your arm, when you, you don't use your muscles, you become atrophied. It just happens to all of us. I remember when I, my hip was really bothering me for years, and uh, so I always compensated. This was my left hip that was done 10 years ago. And I always compensated. When the doctor took my measurements, my left calf, where my hip was bad, was two inches smaller than my right calf. Because I had just overcompensated for years and not put any pressure on that. If you don't use your muscles, they don't grow. And here's the good news and the bad news. If you don't use your spiritual muscles, they atrophy. If you don't receive that vine juice, that flow of life constantly from him, we begin to shrivel up like grapes that aren't very good and we die. We cannot continue without remaining connected with him. Now, I'm not talking about losing your salvation or anything like that. I'm talking about losing your, your joy and your fruit and your productivity 
Listen to 2 Peter 2, 20, 22. And again, this is not for the faint of heart. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and they get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, that sound familiar? They are worse off than before. It would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and reject the command they were given to live a holy life. They prove the truth of this proverb, a dog returns to its vomit. And another says, a washed pig returns to the mud. Someone who has been connected to the vine and received that life-giving force and then simply chooses not to remain in that. Well, how indelicate a dog returns to his vomit. We get all mixed up and we get mixed up in the world and our passions get twisted up. We do no longer love the things that Jesus loves and hate the things that Jesus hates. We get our priorities all twisted up. We now think that a life is about our comfort and a lack of and not having pain and having joy and money and happiness. We get our priorities all twisted up and and because of that we get our personal lives all twisted up. As Christians, because Jesus died for us, not so much are we punished for our sins, but we are punished by our sins. Now, for non-Christians, you're punished for your sins. You've chosen to say, okay, I'm going to stand before God with just myself. But as Christians, when we stand before God and Jesus comes between us, we're not punished, again, for our sins. Jesus did on the cross, right? You understand that? Past, present, and future, your sins are forgiven. But we are punished by our sins. I remember when I was, uh, after my gambling thing, and I was under the care and control of the covenant. Uh, Jim, Jim Sundholm was my counselor. And there were so many times when he would say, uh, I would say, well, I, I need to do this. I need to go to more counseling. I need to go to more GA groups. I was anxious to get back in the ministry. He said, you don't need to do any of that stuff. What you need to do is get reconnected to the vine. <laughs> what you need to do is go back to the source. It's not about Dwayne doing a lot of stuff to repent and Dwayne doing a lot of stuff to get better. It's about reconnecting to the source. John 15, 12 and 13 says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. So we stay connected to Christ. We have to be connected to Christ on, on the first half, on the, in the outset. Every one of us have to have that time in our life when we said yes to God. And then we have to continue in Christ. And, and the third thing that we have to do is, we have to connect with Christ, and that also connects us with each other. Now, now look around, and some of you don't like to do this, so that's okay. Do it anyway. <laughs> look around. Look at people right next to you. Look in their face. It's not scary. Uh, now, you're going to spend eternity with these people. You better get used to it. You may not like them, but you have to love them. We, we, we are called to love each other, like it said in John 15. When you are vitally linked to the vine, you are vitally linked to each other. Why does connecting with each other matter so much? Why is community so important? Why do we harp on it all the time? Get involved in a grow group. Come to this uh, outreach meeting. Get on the softball team. Uh, get, go to the women's retreat. Why are we always trying to get you to connect to each other? I'll tell you why. We're trying to be faithful to the word. Here, here's some reasons why community really matters. Connecting really, really matters. 
Community is God's answer to loneliness. Did you know that? Connecting to each other, to other Christians, is God's answer to loneliness. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. You were not created to be alone. A second reason why connecting or community is really, really matters, community is God's answer to fatigue. Every time we get the chance, Galatians 6.10, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. I was uh, blessed uh, yesterday. I always spend Saturday morning here at the, at the church, uh, final preparations for today and some counseling things. And um, while I was here, there was uh, one man was counseling a couple in the conference room. And uh, there was uh, a team outside uh, doing landscaping. And uh, at least one person that was brand new to the landscaping team, and that was an encouragement. And then there was about, I don't know, half dozen gals uh, doing a tea party for a red hat group and uh, raising money for the church through that. And, and all of these things were going on, and I thought to myself, how neat is that? What an awesome church that people give up a Saturday to serve the Lord. Today, as we are speaking, there's about... Anywhere on a Sunday morning from 40 to 60 people that serve you. They've made coffee. They picked, you know that somebody picks up donuts on Saturday night from Dunkin' Donuts so that you can have them on Sunday? Uh, the coffee makers. Pastor Barb's team's over there. Pastor Brian's team's over there. Ushers, greeters, tech people. All kinds of things going on and all to serve you. Community is God's answer to fatigue. We can't do this alone. Uh, Pastor Brandon and Brian and Barb and Scott and myself, we can't do this alone. We need you. I'll, I'll be very, very personal, very honest. I need you. There are things that I can't do as well as you, and I, I need you to be the body of Christ. I need you to keep from getting weary and fatigued. I need you to step up and say, let me serve. How can I serve? Not everybody serves from the pulpit up here, but everybody can serve. We need each other. Another reason that community or connecting... Uh, is so important, is it's God's answer to defeat. Did you know that? If one person falls, another can reach out and help. But people who are alone, when they fall, are in real trouble. Ecclesiastes 4.10. We need each other. When we fall, we need each other to pick each other up. There's a couple people here this morning that I haven't seen for quite some time. I just really need to just kind of give them a hug and Say, it's so good to see you back. and We need each other. We need to embrace the unembraceable, to love the unlovely, to give hope to the hopeless. We are God's answer to defeat. And finally, community or connecting to each other is God's answer to despair. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Every Sunday... We have an altar team up here. We have about 20-some people on our altar team. And every Sunday at one of the services, we have four or five people up here. And they're up here to, um, to rejoice with you, to weep with you, to pray with you, to encourage you. When you are connected to Christ, when you're sustained by his life-giving spirit, you are also vitally connected to each other. John 13:35 says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Would you bow your heads with me, please?
Father, we're so grateful to you for the gift of life through your son, Jesus. We're so thankful that our faith is not about a religion or about trying to do the right things, but our faith is about a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. I'm so grateful, Father, that our responsibility is simply to respond to God's ability. It's not something I do. It's simply responding to that vine which is constantly pouring out his life for those who are connected to him. Thank you, Father, that I can respond to your ability to save me and me alone. Lord, I would pray for each one of our people here today. There's some, Lord, who maybe haven't made that, that commitment at that time in their life when they've said yes to God. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I ask him to forgive me of my sins, to give me life, to connect me to the vine. Lord, if that's the case with some here today, I pray that in the quietness of their own hearts, they would pray that prayer. Others, Father, are maybe those who have not remained in faith. They have not remained in that connection with Jesus. And, well, Lord, you are just a prayer away. And, Father, for all of us to remember that Because we're connected to Christ, we are connected to each other. And we need each other. We can't do life alone. We're better together. And Lord, I just pray that we would all press into that truth. So Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your hope. And most of all, I thank you for your son, Jesus, who gives us life every day. And gives us life for all eternity. And we do pray these things in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.